not here in the room this morning but watching online or from another location or listening on the podcast. Um, Lauren is going to be sharing with us today. If you didn't know, Lauren is uh, studying at Bible College this year and doing kind of an internship with us. And uh, we have been in the Gospel of Mark since the beginning of the year. We come through chapters 1 to 3 and now we get into some of the parables that Jesus uh, spoke. And so it's kind of a new phase and Lauren gets to kick that off. So I'm going to pray for her and then Lauren... We're looking forward to hearing you share. Father, thank you for uh, the, the heart that you've given to Lauren to share this parable and this uh, passage with us this morning and what you have to say to us through it. And we pray you would open all of our hearts and that you would give uh, Lauren clarity of uh, mind and speech this morning, Lord, that her words would be your words and that we would then hear them and let them sink in that our lives would be and our minds would be transformed to be more in line with you and your kingdom. Uh, and we thank you most of all for your word, Lord Jesus, that you speak to us through it and you teach us about what it means to be like Jesus through it. So we give this time to you and pray bless Lauren especially in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good, good, good. Just murmuring. Great. Um, so the first time Luke asked me to preach was actually before Christmas last year. Um, but what he said to me is that preaching is essentially just reading the Bible for yourself, asking a lot of questions, and then telling it to other people as well. So that is all I'm up here to do today. I'm still questioning so many things about God and everything in itself, but I hope that we can ask lots of questions and we can look into the parable of the, parable of the sower together today. Um, so I'm just going to pray and then we'll kick off. Alrighty. Um, so Lord God, I just pray this morning that you will open our hearts, Lord, and that you'll help us to really look into ourselves, Lord, and just what we can do to come closer to you. Lord, I just pray that you will really let us hear you this morning, Lord, and to understand what it is you're trying to say to us, Lord, and also help me to articulate what it is that you are saying, Lord. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bible reading is from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while the people were all along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that, quote, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? 
The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like the seed sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Luke. Um, so yes, this is our first parable in the Gospel of Mark that we're going to be looking at. Um, and it's actually one of only a very few parables in Mark's account as well. So I thought it would be really good to look at what a parable actually is before we dived into the messages in it. So in English, a parable essentially translates into a short story with multiple meanings and applications. So it's something that can be interpreted many different ways and has actual ways to act it out in your life as well. But in Greek or Hebrew, it actually translates more accurately into a riddle or a taunt. Jesus is taunting us. <laughs> Yay! Um, but yeah, so the point that we get across in most parables is that they're aimed at unveiling the truth um, about society, about ourselves, and about how we receive God's word and how we actually interpret what is being said as well. So you might find that many people interpret it differently, and that actually does come from the position of our hearts. Um, so they're meant to judge ourselves, and while it may come across as a simple story, they're not always, um, and it actually really challenges how we live and how we face ourselves as well. So the way that we actually interpret God's word and read the Bible for ourselves. I've never thought about it that way until I started writing this. Um, so essentially, parables were hard-hitting messages using a simple story, usually about something like farming, pottery, families, agriculture. But yeah, as I said, the message is usually interpreted by how our hearts are positioned. So yeah, so as we dive into the parable... I actually wanted to break a couple of assumptions that we have. So raise your hand if you've heard of this parable before. Okay, there's pretty much everyone has their hand up, right? It's a pretty big one. Um, but yes, yeah, so things that I usually pick up when people start talking about this parable is that it's either about new Christians, people that walk away from their faith, or perfect Christians. But I don't really want to talk about it this way because I don't think it's that simple. I want to go a lot deeper. Um, so what I figured is that it's actually two levels to this parable. So there's a perspective of the soils, which is actually us. Today we are analysing ourselves as soil types. You did hear me correctly. Um, and there's also how we... So the soil represents how we receive the word. And then there's also the sower, which is how we go out and then spread the word again. So yeah, so we're going to recap a little bit in verses 13 to 20 where Jesus actually explains it, and then we're going to dive in and start looking at soil types. Yes, I am a former outdoor recreation student, so bear with me. Okay. So verses 13 to 20 are, And Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How will you then understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. And soon, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the bird that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word, 
and at once receive it with joy. But since the word has no root, it only lasts a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like the seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So as I said, we're going to be looking at on two, soil, on two levels, <laughs> on the soil and the sower. But it does all come on the way that we, sorry, the condition of our hearts really does make a difference in the way that we actually do accept the word. Um, So today, if you find yourself being identified as a pathway or rocky soil or having a thorn in your side, it's really okay because there are things we can do about it and actually acknowledging that is actually the first step to coming closer to God. Um, So I really pray that we can take a moment to challenge ourselves and to reflect on all the different levels as well. Yeah. So it's really important just to be honest with yourselves this morning as well, because if we're not honest with ourselves and we have nowhere to go, because <laughs> we're just being deceitful to ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start with the pathway. Um, so the common example that I've heard for the pathway is someone that's been hardened by sin, um, consumed by this world and everything in it. And another, path, another thing I've heard is baby Christians. So again, I don't really want to use either of these because, again, I think it's so much more complicated and it does depend on the way that we interpret it ourselves. So I wanted to look at it as people that maybe resent God, question God's existence, or have said no to faith. So to me, this pathway represents people that are comfortable without God, who don't think they need God and would rather figure out life on their own. They're people that really need to be in control of their own lives and they don't want to give that up. They are comfortable in their sin and they don't acknowledge God, essentially. And there may be a time in your life when this was you, but I'm kind of assuming that if you're here today, you're already willing to accept the word of God. (laughs) Um, So as soon as they hear God's word, Satan comes and takes away the word that was thrown in them. It's verse 15. To me, this also represents pride and what a hardened heart actually is, so someone only living for themselves. So... There's so, so many different ways to define it, but if we were to define it these ways in terms of sins, I believe that would be all of us. But it doesn't mean that we end here. So this is the nature of this world that we are sinners, that we all have sin and that we are in a sinful world. We are in a broken world. And the reality of the pathway is like a literal pathway where seeds are planted only to be eaten by birds. There is literally no soil there to grow roots. And that's something that's also quite hard to hear. But yeah, so essentially, the pathway is that, is that. It's a pathway. Seeds were scattered, the word was sown, but it had nowhere to go because it was a pathway. <laughs> um, so to me, this is a hardened heart, but it doesn't also mean that we should stop trying to reach these people, or it doesn't mean that we can break out of being a pathway. So yeah. And then we come to our rocky ground. So to me, this is someone who claims to hear the word of God, but is not being supported and easily slips back into the normal patterns of this world. They don't have the roots to stand up in difficult situations. And if something difficult were to arise, it would be bye-bye to Jesus. Yeah. So to me, it's people who are not connected in community, in faith, or connected to God. They are people who walk away almost, but 
it doesn't always look like that. So for me, I reckon this was actually a lot of last year, admittedly. Um, I was connected in community, but my problem is because I ran so many school camps, my connection was all over the place and I had no solid ground to stand on. Um, and that's something that's actually been really hard for me to admit as well. But it can look like so many different things. Have you ever met someone that's been so swept up in a conference, maybe? Someone that was saved at like an altar call and then they're not supported afterwards and they slowly just slip back into the same as they were before. What about teenagers walking away from the church? What about people still living on their parents' faith? What about people who only have time for God when life is going great? And as soon as something changes, they walk away. What does this look like for you? Like, is there a time in your life where you thought you were the rocky ground? Or are you still there? And it's okay if you are. Because the point of the rocky ground is there's literal rocks in the way. Maybe it's even a person that's stopping you from going deeper. But there's something stopping you from accepting the word of God and actually listening to God and hearing it for yourself. I'm going to look at the thorny ground. One who seems to receive the word, but whose heart is conflicted. Their heart is divided between God and other things. So this one really got to me, actually. Um, so the more I started thinking about it, I thought about people who were consumed by day-to-day -day struggles of life, who don't have time for God, and who really just get so consumed in their own problems and their own issues that they don't look up to the God that can help. So this can be people that are obsessed with all kinds of things, social media, food, work, friends, study, Netflix, um, coffee, meetings upon meetings, and everything else that comes with life today. Um, we don't live in an easy society. It's very go, go, go. It's very like consumer-based. It's very materialistic. Like Our ambition and what we are worth and what we value almost comes literally in the form of how much we have and how much we own and how busy we are. But it doesn't have to be like that. Our success should be measured more by how connected we are to God, connected to each other. That should be where our value is. But it's so easy to be tempted today in so many ways. Um, people that don't have time for God, like it doesn't just mean that your actual life is so busy, but it means that when you have a few minutes to spend with God, you choose to put on the TV instead of going and you know, reading your Bible. It happens, but what do we do about it? So how do we unveil the kingdom of God if we act the same as everyone else? We're called to be different, and we're called to totally surrender our lives. And it's scary stuff, but we're so much better at texting without ceasing than we are at praying without ceasing. Um, and maybe this isn't you, but maybe it is. And if it isn't you, I applaud you, but I'll admit that this is me every single day. <laughs> I find it so much easier to chuck on the TV than open up my Bible, and I'm happy to admit that because I know it's true. I'm working on it, but it's true. Um, and maybe there's something in your life that is a thorn in your side, something that is actually attached to you that you can't let go of. Have you tried, like even most teenagers these days, turning off your phone for an entire day? What a challenge, right? So hard. But yeah. But the thing is that it is for most teenagers because we're addicted. It happens, and it's okay. But we are getting choked out by the day-to-day -day struggles of this world. Whether it's study, whether it's people, whether it's like there might be someone that is physically stopping you and coming closer to God. Maybe it's something that you need to assess in your own life as well. Yeah. So I know that I'm young, 
and I'm probably addicted to technology. But what are the thorns in your own life? What's stopping you from going deeper? Some of the most happy, God-loving people I've ever met are people that don't have as much. And I wonder why that is. It's all right, guys. By now, we are an almost healthy plant. But yeah. Okay, so now we get to the goal, the good soil. So one that understands and receives the word. One who has God central in their life and allows God to speak in their life. Someone who knows they're saved and their life is living proof of that. And God has control no matter what. This is the goal. <laughs> this is what we want to get to, but we don't always get there. We can find ourselves slipping back and it's okay. But the good soil is someone whose heart is so open to receiving God's word that you can actually see living proof and living fruit in their lives of how connected they are to God. But it's not always easy. Yeah. So look, if you identify as either rocky soil, thorny ground, even a pathway or a footpath, it's okay because there's so many things that we can do to bring ourselves closer to God. But we need to start from a place of honesty with ourselves as well and actually admitting and naming the things that are pulling us back. So if you identify with rocky soil, you can know that there's maybe not much you can do to remove the rocks in your own life. It can be really hard, right? But what about surrounding yourself with people that will help you? We'll do it for you. What about getting connected? Like actually, whether it is coming to church every week, whether it's going to a Bible study, whether it's doing anything else, I can tell you that for me, it's been really hard to ignore God while studying theology. It's really hard. <laughs> um, but I'm really thankful for that because for me, that means I wake up every morning and I'm still questioning so many things about God, which means I'm going and I'm finding answers and I'm talking to people about it. But it doesn't mean that I'm good soil, not by a long shot. But we can position ourselves in places that help us go deeper with our faith, and that is an intentional thing. That's not just something that happens. Yeah. So we can take out things that get in our way, and once we take those things out, we're literally removing the rocks. It becomes so much easier to go deeper. You're taking away the thing that is actually stopping you. And if you identify as thorny soil, think about what those thorns are. I mean, it's pretty jolly hard to grow in your faith when something is literally stuck in your side or suffocating you or choking you from going deeper. So thorns get in the way of all the good things and the healthy practices, but thorns can also be removed. It's just something to think about. So what about you? Do you need to grow deeper roots? Do you need to cut away some thorns? Are you already bearing fruit? Are you hearing God's word well? If you are, then that's great. Just enjoy it. Like, congratulations. I wish I was like you. But now that we've analyzed ourselves as soil types, we get to look at the perspective of the sower. Um, yes. So initially, Jesus is the sower in the message that we look at. He comes and he spreads the word and he plants the seeds. But we need to remember that as we're talking about the sower, the seeds themselves are the words of God, not us. We are the sowers, the seeds are the words of God, and the soil types are us again and people around us. It's a little bit confusing to grasp, but I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So we are called to seed the, seed the words, no, sorry, the words, <laughs> the seeds of the gospel, um, and share God's message. So how do we determine where or to whom 
We will scatter the seeds, and he was ready to accept God's word. We've missed the point. That's not the question we should be asking at all. But so often it's what we find ourselves doing, right? Yeah. So traditionally, seeds used to be scattered all over the place. So in ancient agriculture, the sowing would happen first, it would just be scattered far and wide, and then the plowing would happen, um, which is not what happens today. And then the harvesting happens. So it used to be very just scattered, and then they were nurtured and grown. Um, but not all seeds produce crops, which is also something that we need to accept, which is actually really hard to hear sometimes. Because if we're thinking about that, and if not all seeds produce crops, what if we actually think about that as being people? Meaning that not everyone will actually accept the word of God. That's really hard to hear. <laughs> I don't know how you feel, but I found that really challenging. Um, but all we're called to do is simply distribute the word of God. Not selectively. Everywhere. So today we do have very modern farming techniques. We have machines that do everything for us. It's all accurate and it's so precise. And sometimes I just feel like maybe the way that we spread the word has changed like that as well. But maybe it shouldn't be. Why are we being so much more selective today than like we used to be? Or why, why do we actually question whether someone will receive the word of God before we actually start talking to them about it? Why do we assume that people just won't want to hear it? It's okay if they don't. The reality of it is that some people do just have hard hearts. And it's not our job to soften those hearts, which is also hard to hear. As someone that really does want everyone to come to know God, the reality that not everyone has a soft heart is really hard. Some people are pathways. Some people have thorns. Some people have rocks or boulders in their way. But it's not our job to take those out. Only God can do that. But all we can do in the meantime is share the word of God, God's message, spread through seeds freely and openly and hope that it makes a difference for someone that is receptive. That's what we can do. So, again, as someone that really does want to share God's heart with people, and I'm sure the same goes for everyone here as well, it can make us really uncomfortable, um, this reality, that not everyone can be saved, or not, well, some people do have hard hearts, and that there isn't much we can do about it. We can come alongside people, definitely, and we can help them when we can work in ourselves, but only God can actually soften someone's heart. Only God can actually turn a pavement into a soft heart. And it's not easy to hear for us as well. But the reality of it is that it is God's job. Our own understanding and our own will won't always turn people into good soil. But God can. Some hearts are simply hard. But we can be grateful that we have permitted to understand, have been permitted to understand um, God's message and God's word. And that we have this privilege. It's up to us to go out and share it. It doesn't matter if someone does have a soft heart. All we can do is pray for them and be with them. But just know that only God can change them. And we just pray that he will. Yeah. So 
So verse 20 goes, Others like seeds sown in good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. This is the goal. To get ourselves to good soil, to actually hear the word of God, to interpret it and to understand it. But to some people, the parable of the sower will be a lesson in agriculture. The way that we position our hearts and how soft or hard our hearts is does determine how we actually accept the word of God. So I hope that you've been a little bit challenged. (laughs) I hope that you're a little bit uncomfortable maybe. And I hope that we'll all continue to share the word of God and the good news for everyone, no matter where they're at, because we don't know that either. So all we can do is tell people about God, whether that's through our actions, through the how we live, through the fruit that's produced in our own lives, and God will do the rest. We are called to both work on ourselves and to try and soften our own hearts, take away those rocks, take away those thorns, And we're also called to distribute God's heart and the word of God, which is the seeds. It's not exactly the most feel-good message, but I hope that you got something out of it. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to pray, and then music team will come up. We might need to get Clayton. So Lord, I just want to thank you so much for the time we've had this morning. I pray that you will work in us, Lord, to soften our own hearts, Lord, through you. I pray that you will help us to remove rocks and thorns, Lord. I pray that you will really help us to acknowledge the things that are stopping us from going deeper, acknowledge the things that are choking us out, Lord, to acknowledge the things that get in our way from going deeper, Lord, and actually building a closer relationship with you. Lord, I pray that whether it's ourselves, Lord, or other people in our lives, Lord, that you will help us to turn pathways into soft soil, Lord, into good soil, Lord. And I just pray that no matter where we're at on this path, Lord, that you will just work in us regardless. I pray that you will allow us each and every day to share your love, Lord, and to share your will and to spread the word far and wide, Lord, no matter where it lands. Because we know that the way that we interpret your message, Lord, comes from the way that we position our hearts. And I just pray that you always help us just to get closer and closer to you each and every time, each and every day, Lord. I pray that you will challenge us. And again, that you will take away these thorns and these rocks, Lord. And just to look deeper. Amen.